Welcome to Unfiltered Insights, where we find the meaning in the madness. Join us as we explore a range of topics that reveal our understanding of the world. It's a journey towards fostering empathy, compassion, and awareness through thought-provoking conversation. And welcome to an episode of Unfiltered Insights, where this episode we're going to talk about matchmakers. This is G, and this is me. Okay, so to start uh, to start off this episode, I want to talk about a little of me going down the rabbit hole of trying to find some entertainment these days, and that goes to the giant rabbit hole that it is Netflix. So one of the things that I got into is to watching matchmaker shows, and more specifically, Jewish matchmaker, mm. which got me into thinking. You know, how does matchmakers work? You know, as a single person myself, I'm, I'm going like, is it something I want to look at? Is it something that I want to do? Because the dating, uh, online dating hasn't been working out for me. Going on the old fashioned to go into bars and, and, and all that, I'm going like, like the nerves get the best, best of me. So I'm like, you know what? How about getting another person to do the job for me? <laughs> right? <laughs> I'm not doing so great. So I need somebody else to do it. Get me a professional <laughs> stat. So, <laughs> I mean, like, I, it, online dating is the worst thing. Like, let, let's pay for premiums for you just to see the profiles. And, it, and maybe you might get a date. And usually those days don't work out. So yeah. I said, like, okay, let me let me go down and research about uh, about matchmakers, and I mean it's a big world out there about them. Like, depending on your state, your area, you might get different services, different people. And the best part of it is, is that the first thing that you want to ask yourself is like, what is the difference between doing it myself with going online and going to bars with using a person? Is there any difference? Is there better success? The best part about all of this, you don't know. You are taking a <laughs> risk with a person just as you are doing it online paying for a premium because these mass ma matchmakers, they don't release the statistics. Mm. You do not know. There are some, there are some that will state that they have a 95% but the vast majority of them, they won't let you know about that. So it's another risk that you're taking. Mm -hmm. And it just lands you in the position of, should I do this? Now, you ask, you, you ask yourself, okay, this person is going to do the job for me. But for how much? And in that, now this is where it depends on the matchmaker that you have. You can have a matchmaker that will have you in different levels of perks, be that obviously finding you a, 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 a match for you and you can go on a date and test it out. And then if it doesn't work out, then you can try again. You can also have an image consultant where, that, where they you know, will, will coach you on having a better look to you know, improve your odds, and also dating coaches, mm -hmm. in which they will also teach you like how to properly date, blah, 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 blah. All of that is a significant amount of money because most of these uh, uh, matchmakers, they will charge by month, and they can go mm -hmm. from hundreds to thousands of dollars per month in a, in a plan that they will let you know. Yeah. So once I got into this whole thing about matchmakers and I started watching the show, 
I came across one case that I was particularly interested in. And that, for anybody, I mean, me has watched the show. Mm -hmm. It's about Cindy. Yeah. Now, (laughs) Now, Cindy is a curious case for me, uh, at least, if it kind of resonated with me, because she was in a, a year-long relationship uh, with, uh, with a guy that they weren't on the same level. According to her, they weren't on the same level of marriage. And the matchmaker told her about relationship detox for her yeah. to move on into the future. Me, do you have any idea of how relationship detoxes work i know that some people can get really hold on to to you know past relationships because of whatever reason they have like do you have any idea how this detox works so i I don't know exactly how she does it because i know when i watched the show i immediately was like trying to google (laughs) like can i get this information somewhere for free online um and I don't know exactly what she does, but I, I think what I imagine it entailing would be kind of a review of the relationship and maybe even your dating history a bit, if you've never done this before, to kind of sit with what happened during the relationship, the good, the bad, the in-between, the whatever, and being able to kind of piece that out and find lessons that you've learned and things that you can do differently moving forward. It can also maybe uncover what sort of emotions am I still harboring that might be holding me back from moving forward in dating. Because one of the big things that she did, and I don't know how big, it, it was something that stuck out to me, was that she was doing comparing. She was comparing new people to the ex. And so that's something that you want to detox out because no one's going to be your ex, but your ex, you know? So I I can see those sort of things being part of that process and really trying to get to the bottom of what has me still holding on to this relationship, despite the fact that it's over. And I think for her, her relationship had been done for, I think, at least eight months. And she was still kind of holding on to that relationship. Yeah, I believe it's around around that time. Now, one of the things that like really caused me curiosity, and I, I looked it up just like you, um, was the fact that she was holding on to this previous relationship, mm-hmm. and many of the reasons that she was giving the matchmaker about why they broke up and and like the things that happened, the matchmaker wasn't really buying it. Mm-hmm. That's where she came up with those documents that you were mentioning earlier, which I looked up to. I couldn't find them. I try to zoom in on the episode and you get like half of it clear and the rest of it is blurry on purpose, probably. Mm-hmm. But what, like, from a sense of like, because I had a difficulty trying to overcome my previous relationship. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things that for, for people, like for anybody who's listening, what are some of the things that, like, kind of make a person you know not be able to move on even if a lot of time has passed for them not be able to move on and try to find new opportunities or maybe even find peace within themselves or or anything that they can think of well i think a lot of it has to do with what what are you saying to yourself about yourself about the situation what do you think the other person is saying or thinking about you uh because i i know for me for a long time being in a relationship was a status 
and it was more than just okay. your Facebook status. It, it meant something. Someone, you know, thinks highly enough of me that I'm in a relationship and somehow it was a step up from being single rather than they're on the same level. It's like either you're single or you're not like it doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't mean you're more lovable. I mean, it doesn't really mean anything other than you're in a partnership with somebody, you know, (laughs) and I think a lot of, you know, that can come from, you know, what is it that I'm saying to myself about this breakup? Because if you think about it, like, I, I know there were some breakups afterward, I would just be, I was devastated. And I thought, mm-hmm. I'll never love again. That's a bit fatalistic, but that's, yeah. that was the headspace I was in. And, you know, I'll never love anybody the way that I love this person. And what's so wrong with me that they don't want to be with me, or I did everything right. And they're just wrong for doing this. And this is, you know, and it became very much about either taking on the blame and being very fatalistic about it, or I was projecting all the blame onto them. And I wasn't really sifting through what what happened you know what what went down really and kind of unpacking that and not internalizing it and making it about blame on anybody so I think that's I think that's part of it a lot of times like what is it that I'm really saying to myself about this breakup you know and is it serving me is it healthy is it helpful you know and if it's not then maybe it's time to start thinking differently and I, I, one of the things that may ha- may contribute to this breakup is, what do I think about myself? Mm-hmm. How am I feeling about myself? Am I with this person because I want to feel better about myself because of any yep. insecurities that I have, or any trauma that I've been uh, that that I, I haven't really worked out? And like you mentioned that maybe being in a relationship is a status position, and especially in this age where your age might contribute to, you know, that status point that if I'm in a relationship, if I'm married, if I have children, if I do this, am I in a certain part of my career? I'm okay. But if I don't fall into any of the check boxes, there's something wrong with me. Could that, could those insecurities like, you know, pour in into the relationship? Yeah. Well, I I think a lot of times social norms kind of start to dictate to us what we're supposedly supposed to be doing. You know, so you have people that think, well, by a certain age, I need to be married by a certain age. I should be having kids and by a certain age, I should have my career and 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 according to who compared to what? Like, where are you getting your timeline from? Exactly. (laughs) Who created this checklist? And what's what's so bad about being single? You know, it, I'm not saying you have to be single for, you know, the whole of your life or whatever, but it's also not a horrible thing to be single. But it's been villainized in a way. It's been made out to be this thing of like, well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you with somebody? I don't understand how you could still be single. Because I am, because I didn't settle, because that's not my focus right now. There's There's a million answers to that. And I think when you go out and you're trying to seek that relationship, trying to fill that gap and check that box, you tend to get into relationships that aren't necessarily all that good for you. I mean, that, that's I mean, I know that's been my experience and it's been the experience of many others that I've talked to. But you don't always see it because you're in the middle of it. Yeah. And the problem with that is that you keep attracting the same mm-hmm. kind of person and as you keep going from bad relationship to another bad relationship to another 
there's only one common denominator here. Yep, it's you. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it, it really, it's kind of like, I remember there was this point when I used to use a particular social media app. I'm not going to mention it, but you get these little reminders of like a year ago, three years ago. And I started to see this pattern emerge where it was basically the same stuff, different day, different year kind of a thing. Or maybe it was technically the same exact day, just a different year. And it blew my mind that I was basically living the same life from year to year to year, the same kind of problems over and over and over again. And that's where I got to the point of, I just really want to change things. I really want to start making some moves in a completely different direction because this ain't it. This isn't working for me. And a big part of that journey has been assessing my dating history and my own thoughts and feelings about myself when I'm in a relationship, when I'm not in a relationship, the boundaries that I didn't set or I didn't hold firmly enough. And I think, you know, and really to bring it back around to the whole matchmaking thing, I think that's one of the biggest selling points for getting a matchmaker is because you have this outside source, hopefully an unbiased person, right? Yeah. Who can guide you through these things and see these things and watch you behave in ways and the way you talk about stuff and they can catch you in your mess and call you out on it just like with cindy and the mystery in her history and let's do a dating detox let's pull this thing apart let's yeah. see what's inside see one thing that i did like that she did was it's it, okay i felt both conflicted about it and at the same time i agree with it they abandoned poor little Cindy to continue her matchmaking thing, most likely because the matchmaker found that she needed to detox from her previous relationship. I completely agree with that. Yeah. Like she needed to actually move on in order to in order for her to actually find new opportunities. But the show just left her. And as a viewer, I want like, give me that happy ending for her. Yeah, or something just yeah because you start to get invested in these people's lives yeah you know it's sort of like if you've ever had a really good show that you watched you were dedicated to it for how many of her seasons and then the show just gets canceled and you're going <laughs> what happened yeah yeah oh i was just gonna say it, well in a show like this these are real life people going through real things and you start to become invested in them and you want to know what happens. And, and maybe this kind of comes around to the sense of entitlement. Since you put it out there, then I, I get to have this, I deserve yeah. this ending. I need to know what happened. And I guess we don't really, but it would be nice to, to have a view into what happened. What's, what's the next step? So I mean, you, you get invested in all of these people mm. and the show just goes out of its way to either not give you any closure mm -hmm. about them or to just give you like a maybe they're headed towards this kind of ending. And then after the after I finished binging the show, because I really wanted to see if anybody got together with anybody, I looked it up and none of them are together with anyone all of them are single even the ones that you thought that were going to end with somebody which i started to see the trend that they started pairing them up with really attractive people mm -hmm. and i'm like okay 
what is happening and those are the ones that they just left you in the air about those endings yeah but i did like the angles that the matchmaker used for certain people which is trying to be as realistic as possible for all of them because a lot of them including the ones that i didn't like put out there i just want to be with an attractive person Mm -hmm. i just want to be with like this supermodel and and form a relationship with that person and the matchmaker was grounding them telling them like that's not how it is yeah that's not how it would work I mean, in a sense, I mean, that's the attractive part about using a matchmaker. You probably will be able to not do the immediate, like, swiping if I don't like this person because yeah. of, you know, the way they look. And that's, I'm pretty sure that's the recipe for all the bad relationships that everybody has ever had because of that. Yeah. Well, I mean, relationships that are based on superficial things that can change and looks do change over the years if they don't that requires probably a lot of money and you're still going to look different you're not you're <laughs> not going to look the same as you did at 21 at 41 i'm sorry yeah. i don't care maybe maybe if you have kardashian money you could but it's just generally that's not the way it works and it's it's a very superficial thing to base a relationship on so if what you're really looking for is a deeper connection a life partner not just a person who looks good who you know maybe raises your status in your mind or in your circle if you really want that forever kind of love the kind of person that would change your diapers if that's what it came down to and vice versa if that's what you're looking for then finding a legitimate matchmaker would be potentially an option assuming that you can afford the cost of one but beyond that for the rest of us who don't have that kind of we don't have matchmaker money you know then it comes down to how am i choosing what am i basing it on you know the chemistry you know that initial chemistry (laughs) which it's not to say that it's it's super common because it's not necessarily super common to have chemistry with somebody I mean, in my opinion, anyway, sometimes it's something that develops over time when you start to get to know somebody because I've dated some people that I would say were on the less attractive end of the scale, you know, but I've also dated people that were on the higher end that I didn't really connect with. I liked how they looked. I liked how I felt when I went out them sometimes, you know, like there were certain aspects of it was kind of like, yeah, you know, But, but that wasn't like the deep connection. And that was more about ego. That was that was so much fueled by ego. That wasn't really about the deepest part of me. Oh, I'm with my person. I'm with somebody who really gets me. I can completely be myself with this person. They can be the same way with me. Like it wasn't based on that. So that's that's where I think if we're not going to get a legitimate matchmaker to help us out, it makes sense to really dig deep when it comes to selecting a partner and not do it so carelessly. I mean, if you're, if you want to do the deep dating, do the deep dating and really be real with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the, the more I kept watching, um, like how she handled each one of the cases, the more I, I, I appreciated the realism of it. Yeah. Cause you think in many of these shows that they're, they're going to have a happy ending. They're going to end up with somebody, but they all were either left in the air or inconclusive. Yeah. And after you looked it up that they didn't end up with anybody, then you go like, okay, I appreciate the, the, the real part of it that dating is hard. 
is work. Yeah. And a lot of that work starts with you. Well, it starts with, you know, how you look at yourself. And, and what's more real than everybody ends up alone? <laughs> like because it is hard because there is a lot of stuff to do and just because you try doesn't guarantee you a spot on anybody's roster you know yeah, yeah you made a go of it there's there's just it is what it is you know you you either find somebody or you don't and maybe not this yeah. round but maybe next round and in the meantime what are you doing with yourself and your time and your energy you know to move forward with your life some people are obsessed with finding somebody somebody some people like the one i can't think of her name she was very much set on having a baby and she's in her 40s yeah. and the clock's ticking on that one harmony. i remember that one that was harmony yes harmony <laughs> and and so some of these things are really time sensitive and if that's what you really want then it may be time to take another look at how you want to go about it or is this really an absolute for me? Because for some people, they may go ahead and just have kids anyway. They get a sperm donor or whoever to come in and so they can have the child. If they want the white picket fence and the, you know, the family, the husband and all that stuff. Okay. You're just, you're getting to a point now though, where you're like 44 years old and yeah. there's, there's no guarantee and you're higher risk. And I mean, there's a lot involved there. So sometimes I think it's important to reassess what my dreams are. What are my goals for myself? Are they still appropriate? Do they still make sense? And I'm not discouraging somebody from finding love late in life, or if you want to have a baby later than what would be considered, you know, like the peak years to do it. Okay, fine. And, you know, as long as your doctor's on board with that, <laughs> I get like, okay, everything's fine. Safe. Yeah, be, be responsible about it. You know, yeah. if, if you were 80, I would be kind of making a face at you. If you're having a baby at 80, I'm, I'm a little concerned because you might make it maybe, you know, to what, the 10th mm -hmm. birthday of your kid? <laughs> I mean, like, for real. No, it is. It's grandpa or grandma taking their kid to school. And it's like, yeah, everybody's going to look at you going well, like, uh, Even beyond that, you're going to die before they reach yeah. adulthood. Chances are, statistically, you are not going to make it. Because the average life expectancy is, it's higher, a little bit higher for women than for men. Yeah, but it's still down. only like 80, 82. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're, if you're checking out kids at 80, uh, how many birthdays are you going to make? And then you leave that child without a father or a mother? So more than depending, I, well, I guess a mother probably won't happen because she's probably not going to be birthing <laughs> babies at 80. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that it is you got to accept the responsibility that comes with it Yeah. as a lifestyle, as a parent, as a, everything that you're, you're putting yourself a responsibility for this child. So, yeah. And it's, and it's huge. And I think it's good to reassess every so often, you know, maybe once a year or, or something, especially if you're still single, but hell, even in a relationship doing maintenance, that's part of the deal. Yeah. If you're not doing the maintenance, you're going to end up in a lot more trouble. And a lot of times people show up into therapy after it's been going on for at least five years. And I, I would say probably five years too late. <laughs> you know, like, where were you when things first started yeah. going sideways? What did you actively do together as a couple, as well as in, as individuals to 
have things go smoother. Same thing applies when you're single. What are you doing to assess where you're at in your life and the goals you've set for yourself? In particular, when it comes to having kids or not having kids, what you're looking for in a partner, where are you at in in your career? Do you even have room to fit a new person in? Or are they more of an mm-hmm. accessory for you? You know, if you want a ring, buy yourself a ring. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, it, it just, I think it boils down to really getting in touch with what makes sense for me now, because what made sense for me in my 20s doesn't make sense for me in my 40s. Not necessarily, not all of it. <laughs> and now that you're mentioning that, how about for like the, those unfortunate couples, which I'm pretty sure there's many out there who are having those kinds of relationship problems and they don't do anything about it. And then later it becomes a lot more volatile and then they attempt to do something about it, but they just don't. It it Mm -hmm. was a relationship that was doomed to fail. Was it, are they just not into it anymore? Uh, that's a big question because the circumstances around it could are infinite. I, there yeah. are some people that they were never a good fit to begin with, but they were trying to make it work for their own mm-hmm. reasons. They decided this is who I'm going to try to spend the rest of my life with. And they just made that decision, not necessarily based on anything they had in common or how well they communicated or, you know, it's they have a nice car. They have a good job. They got a big wang, whatever. Like (laughs) they were making decisions based on things that didn't necessarily fit moving forward. There, There are critical questions that either aren't being asked and answered early on in the relationship, like the kid question for one. Do you ever want to have children? If the answer is no, and I really want to have children, the next question might be, are you open to adopting? Are you open to fostering? There's follow-up questions. And if if it's absolutely no, 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 not in a million years, no. I don't want any children whatsoever. I run from children when I see them. Like, (laughs) it would make sense for you to say, well, maybe this isn't the relationship for me. But I can't tell you how many times I've seen people stay in relationships regardless. Or you get a lot of like, I don't know, and that I don't know carries over for months, if not years. And then you become so invested in the relationship because you've spent so much time in it that it's not easy for you to just walk away from it because now you have all these extra feelings involved. And, exactly. And to me, I think we, we don't vet our potential partners well enough before we make a massive commitment to them before we emotionally invest in them i don't think we're doing a a good enough job generally speaking of interviewing them for the job if you will i mean it it doesn't even have to go down to children it could even be about marriage Mm -hmm. some some people aren't willing to do the long commitment yeah yeah and it would be good to know like is is marriage a deal breaker for you and what's so important about marriage to you that has you want to do it and what is it that doesn't work for them because if if the both of you really want to keep this going but you have that that one major issue standing in the way get under it what's what's underneath that what has you not want to get married or what has you want to get married and have those deeper discussions but a lot of people avoid deeper discussions some of them just avoid it because i don't know how to explain myself or it's just a feeling or i've just made this decision i can't really back it up with anything you know (laughs) or they don't want to admit to the reasons for it they don't want to come clean on that 
So there's a lot of different things that go behind that. But if you're not able to have those deeper conversations, you're not going to get the deeper level of commitment that you're looking for because it requires vulnerability. Yeah. And vulnerability, it doesn't matter the gender or, or, or whatever. It, some people aren't willing to do that. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's hard. Again, being vulnerable, it makes you weak. The, 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 your spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend just won't look at you the same way again. And maybe that can ruin it. So let me stay on the safe side and not say anything and just go along with whatever we're doing. Yeah. Well, and I know there's a lot of people that have talked about having things they, they, that they've shared that were weaponized against them later. Yeah. And I think it's really important. This is part, again, this goes back to the interview process. What are you doing to vet this person? Have you gradually built trust up and learned what you can share and what you can't share? And when you get the when you get the information back, like this person doesn't handle my my sensitive information very well. They treat me differently. They treat me poorly. They weaponize it against me then maybe that's a, a point where you say, maybe this isn't the right relationship for me. You know, I, I can't tell you how many times I, whether yeah. it's my life or somebody else that I've known, where it's like the signs were there all along. You ignored them because you wanted what you wanted when you wanted it. And they were there for that. And you just kept going just down sad. the path. Which is sad, especially for, for relationships that have been going on for years. And the more time goes, the difficult it is to separate or do something about it. Yeah. Well, and that's where the excuse comes in. Well, I've just, I've already dedicated so much time and energy into this thing. I don't feel right just walking away from it. If you're staying just because you, you invested a oh, lot of time in something, if it's not right, it's not right. Mm -hmm. it, it's, it's cause I mean, it, just imagine applying that rule to everything in your life. Well, I've worked at this company for 10 years. I've invested so much time and energy into it. So I'm not going to go get this new job, even if it comes with a pay bump, even if they give me free benefits and all these other things. Nope. I've already invested 10 years in this company. Yeah. I mean, I know that's kind of a sterile, sterilized view of, of things because there's more emotions and different types of feelings involved with relationships. But where else does that rule work in your life? Yeah. Not to mention that it's going back again to the matchmaker, then you go, you know, with the dating life being so difficult out there, what are my chances going into this new world for people that they haven't even dated for years? They don't even know how to do it. So I guess, you know, I can understand why using a matchmaker would be quite alluring and, you know, convenient. Yeah, there's there's definitely an appeal to it. And something else, too, as you were saying that it triggered in my mind about some people stay in relationships because they're afraid to put themselves back out there because it's like, well, what if I don't find anybody or what if I don't find somebody that's at least as good as them? What if I don't find, you know, what if, what if, what if, what if, what if you waste your time, your your existence in this relationship that isn't fulfilling, that isn't as good as it could be if the two of you were on the same page? At, at what point did things get to where I would rather give up my freedom and die in this relationship that isn't serving me and in turn couldn't really be serving the other person because they're not getting the full whole me to show up for this relationship. At what point does that click in your mind like that's a good idea, <laughs> you know, or are you just not consciously aware of it? 
And for the record, what we're trying to say is like, you know, if those are the kinds of questions, consult with your partner. Yeah. Are you willing to put in the work? It, and before even talking to this, uh, to to your partner, how about asking yourself, is this worth it? Am I worth it uh, of being in this relationship? Do I love this person enough to like just say, let's work things out and maybe improve the relationship in any way or form? Is this person invested in the relationship as much as I am? Yeah. Yeah. Being open to hearing what's what the feedback is, is a big part of this. Being able yeah. to take it in without completely internalizing it and not punishing your partner for sharing the truth with you. It's their truth. It's their thoughts, their feelings. They're they're allowed to have them. And if they're if they're making statements to you, because if you tell them, I'm open to hearing whatever you have to say, let's let's talk about this. And as soon as they tell you something and you're like, Rawr, and you start like yeah. lashing out, you're going to you're teaching them to shut it down. You're teaching them to not be able to talk to you about things. And then later you're scratching your head going, well, I didn't know things were so bad. I can't believe you're leaving me. When did this happen? When did we go so wrong? It's well, maybe it was back when I tried to talk to you before and you shut me down. I got yelled at. I was made fun of or whatever the case might be. So it's I, I think there there should be more focus on developing your own communication skills, your ability to get feedback, including negative feedback, being able to process it, listening to understand rather than react. It's it's a whole thing. But the angriest people I found are the ones that, that have the most trouble with their own self-image. And if you... Yeah, that's where our, yeah. our insecurities and traumas yeah. and maybe even parental traumas from our childhood even come to light and they pour into the relationship. Yeah. And instead of working them out or, you know, trying to find help, which don't be afraid to actually find help in order to improve yourself in any shape or form, then that pours into the relationship. That mm -hmm. destroys whatever could have been or, you know, what uh, or, or something that, that could have been. Yeah. And I know I'm going with a lot of could have, would have, should have, but is those types of small steps or progress that we can do each day in order to improve ourselves. And I'm not saying entirely for the relationship, but more importantly for yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that's something that a lot of times what people do is they find a relationship to make them better or so they think yeah. we're going to put it in air quotes here it, it doesn't it doesn't heal you it doesn't make you better it may comfort you but a lot of times what people tend to do if you aren't working on your own stuff independently and maybe perhaps even with a counselor or hopefully with a counselor or somebody being able to work through your stuff instead of leaning into your partner and expecting them to provide that level of support. Because what I often see with people is when they lean in to their partner, it shifts the dynamic. It becomes work. It, counseling is a job for a reason. Yeah. And if you're leaning on your partner, expecting them to show up as your counselor, or as your parent or any number of things, if you're putting weight on them in that way, you can shift the dynamic and it becomes a, a, the kind of a, the kind of a relationship where the person doesn't want to be there anymore because I, it feels like a job. And when do I get something in return? And that's another thing. If I'm giving, giving, giving to you, 
to try to help you feel better, to help you progress, to help you move forward, but you aren't giving that stuff back to me, or I don't really have a bunch of stuff to work on because I've been doing the work. I've been, I bought the self-help books. I've been going to counseling or I've got a coach or whatever the case might be. It becomes a drag. It starts to feel like an anchor and it really can tear the relationship down. And I don't think everybody really thinks about that. They think, well, you love me. You should do this for me. Yeah. Which is a sad thing because like at, that, at a certain point, then then either uh, either other couple or maybe both, they just stay there for whatever X amount of time. They realize that there's not nothing in there anymore. And then it's just become argument after argument in order to, I don't know, try to win in in, in a way for for their feelings to be justified or whatever it is the reason and all of those arguments that instead of being constructive in any form in order to move forward or be better as people they just become destructive and it ends up in whatever disaster it may come it may be yeah and I, i think a lot of times i i know personally i have a history of getting with fixer uppers <laughs> you know, people that if I can just, you know, love them and help them get to this potential that I see in them and all of that. I think a lot of us do that sort of a thing with people. We get into these kind of codependent relationships where I need you to yeah. need me, but I'm going to resent you for needing me at some point. I'm going to give my whole self. I'm going to dive into this thing. I'm going to pour love all over you to the point of exhaustion. And then eventually my cup's gonna gonna go empty. It's gonna run out. And I'm going to be looking to you to give something back, to fill my cup up. And you've already been trained to just be the absorber. And if it's not naturally in your way of showing love to your partner to give back and have reciprocity, it becomes a very one-sided relationship and the other person starts complaining like where where's my part and they're like why are you giving up on me i'm so used to getting all this love time and attention and now you're pulling away from me and now i feel exposed scared insecure about the relationship because now you're changing on me because it wasn't balanced so if if for any people that are that are listening out there if you are in this kind of situation don't be afraid to ask for help or look for help and try to be a person and if the relationship isn't working then don't don't be afraid to, to to go out there and see what's out there not only for yourself, but see what other opportunities you might rise up. We were talking about the, the, about matchmaking. That's mm-hmm. an option that you can you can select. You do if, even if you don't have the uh, giant amount of money that these matchmakers ask for. There are other methods. Some of these matchmakers also provide in order to be in their. Uh, pools of matches again uh, with their clients it doesn't as some uh, pick client with client other matchmakers can also have a data bank where do you get a pool of other uh, potential singles that, that, that can match with the clients that they have the only uh, problem with that is that you won't be the one to be you know selective of whatever data is going is going to come your way so you can take the risk and just like anything in the dating life, you can take the risk and, and see uh, and see other opportunities until who knows, maybe you can uh, in taking one of these risks, you might uh, find the match that is really for you. Yeah. And in some ways, it seems like matchmaking could be lower risk 
assuming that yeah. the, I mean, just like with anything, if they're a legitimate professional <laughs> that knows what they're doing and, and knows what makes for healthy long-term relationships, it would make sense to have that person be part of your life. It's sort of like getting dating advice or mental health counseling from a friend who isn't a counselor. And really, if they're your friend, they're not supposed to be counseling you anyway, because that's unethical, but that's beside the point. But I mean, if you think about it, you're not going to ask the the guy at the, the front desk at a hotel to do your surgery. You're going to go to a professional. You're going to go to somebody who specializes. If you're going to do the dating thing, maybe it makes sense to go through a matchmaker especially if you don't have the best dating history. You know, if you have these these patterns of behavior that aren't serving you, maybe you have some trauma to work through. Maybe it'd be a good idea to be going to a counselor of some sort before you move on. Hire a dating coach, do something so you're not just out here trying to do it all by yourself and just repeating some of the same old patterns of behavior that you may or may not be consciously aware of that you're doing that's creating the space for more bad experiences to come. Yeah. And remember, just because you spend all of this time all of this effort, all of this money, especially if you're being uh, the client of a matchmaker, doesn't guarantee anything. Yeah. It's it's just part of it. They remember that the show we were talking about? Uh, none of them had a conclusive ending. So yeah. this is just a process that you will go through trial and error until you find you know something that works for you. And, yeah. and, and the best part is that along the way, you'll learn even more stuff about yourself. And even better uh, to have a better chance of dating out there. Yeah, there's there's no real easy button unless yeah. you're unless you're going for a super superficial relationship where it's like, well, we look good together and it's kind of a business thing. I mean, I guess technically that could be a bit easier. And I've known some people like that where it would seem very transactional rather than a heart to heart connection. So it, I think it makes sense to to go deeper, to do the things, to hire a professional to help you with that stuff. So like, like we mentioned, like, don't be afraid to ask, uh, ask for help and to always strive to be a better, a uh, better version of yourself. Absolutely. And if you need a matchmaker, oh, well, better, uh, all power to you. I hope if for whoever's listening out there and they use it, I hope you the best in that, that, you know, all your time and effort, uh, with this matchmaker really works out in your favor. Yeah. Just like every other shows out there because you can find so many uh, reality TV shows on matchmaking and, and, and relationships and whatever. You don't get the ending that you want. I really wish that forever, whoever's listening, they get the, the ending that is right for you and that you can actually you know, be happy. Yeah. And let us know if you've ever had a matchmaker or you're planning on getting one or whatever. I would love to hear from people that listen to our show to write us, get a hold of us, let us know their experience. And maybe that's something that we could talk about on our show. So uh, uh, if you ever want to reach us, uh, don't forget to uh, to look at our, uh, our social media. If you have any questions that you want to throw at us, any topics that you would like uh, me and, and G to talk about in, in our episode, don't hesitate to, to, to send us something and we, uh, we'll see if we talk about it on our next episode. Yeah. <laughs> that is all for today. So I hope we get to see you soon. And whoever is using a matchmaker out there or even in whatever dating uh, site or method that you're using, I really hope uh, uh, the best for all of you. 
Thanks everybody for joining us today. All right, until the next episode, guys. Bye. Bye.